French fried potatoes. One potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, one potato, two potatoes, three potatoes, four, five potatoes, six potatoes, seven potatoes, more. Potatoes. Welcome to the Potato League Podcast with your hosts, Dan and Tom. Thanks, TJ. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, DJ. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, no, I didn't upload the last one, so I don't know what we're on now. 338 or so. 338, 339. Yeah, I can't something like that. I think it's 338. That sounds right. The back end of the 330s. Yeah. Which is really actually we're like in the twos somewhere. I don't oh, know. Fuck I reset everything at 300 a while ago. Yeah. Um, Numbers are so arbitrary. <laughs> they kind of, they are, especially here. Uh, they're just for labeling purposes. Um, are we coming across a little lab? Maybe not. I don't no, know. It doesn't seem like it. Nah, who cares? Um, so, uh, we have both seen Oppenheimer. Yes. Um, I'm going to wait on that. I didn't think we'd have anything to talk about today. We kind of do. One, uh, I got the notification to remind me to restart my ESPN uh, um. PLP league. So, we'll do that again. Yeah. And... See who joins us. Yeah, and if you don't, it'll just auto draft for you, that's and you'll right. have a terrible season. That's right, because we're keeping the numbers. Because that's what we have no interest in inviting anyone else in. Nope. No, that seems like work. We don't even know half the people that are in the league, nope. uh, but they seem to show up every year. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll notify. We'll notify the few we do know. Right. I know. I, I guess there's only like. And three if you or four. know someone who we don't know, notify them, please. Yeah. Uh, I remember. I can't remember even who it was, but um, one of the three or four that we don't know. We assumed that TJ knew them. knew them, and then TJ was like, yeah, I don't know who that guy is. Awesome. Who the fuck is he? Who are you? <laughs> Where did you come from? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I am, because uh, I, I was worried we wouldn't have anything to do, because, again, it's draft season, so I'm watching very little. Uh, it, I am not. I am cranking. You shit. are cranking through some shit. Yeah, so and, yeah, and luckily, a lot of the stuff you've watched I'm super, super familiar with, so it's oh. not like I can't speak on it. It was funny, because I recorded last night with Video Monsters, and yep. it was for a movie that we watched prior. Like, it, it got cancelled a couple times, oh, recording oh, right. of it, and then we yeah. had like the, fa- the film fast. And so it took us like a month and a half to record. Yep. And I was like, just out of curiosity, I'm like, I watched that movie 66 movies ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to me, yeah. So that, I'm not sure how well I'm going to be able to talk on this, other than the few notes that I wrote. That, uh, to me, that is a bigger deal than any amount of time that has passed. Is how many other movies I've watched since then? Because mm-hmm. it happened. I can't remember what we were talking about a couple weeks ago, but it turned out to be the end of. It took me. It, I I thought about it all day, and I remember I texted you like six hours later. It, it was the end of Blowout that I was thinking of, uh-huh. and you were talking, I can't remember what movie we were talking about, and I was like, isn't that how that one ends? And you're like, no. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell movie am I thinking of? And then I, I was sure that I had thought of the right one, and then only later on that day, I was like, no, it wasn't even that. It was Blowout, because I, I, I had this vision in my head of the, the movie that ends on the roof with the woman getting killed on the roof during a parade. Spoilers for Blowout. <laughs> um... And I can't remember what you were talking about, but then I was convinced, oh, it was that Robert Mitchum one, the Yakuza one. That's how that ended. Nope, wasn't that either. <laughs> uh, so it, it's the it's the number of movies that I have seen in between uh, that make me more or less 
Thankfully, Oppenheimer should be fresh for you. It should. I just watched it yesterday. Uh, it's been a whole... It hasn't even been 24 hours. I was just arriving... almost a week for me. It was... Uh, well, it's been a full week, because I watched it on last Friday. What the hell is today? Thursday. Thursday. Uh, yeah, I was... Actually, I was sitting down in the theater right now, 24 hours ago, because I... I rolled in a little late, but it was okay because there were still fucking Chevy commercials going on or whatever when I got in there. Jessica, when was the last time we recorded? Uh, like 18th or something like that? Because we, talked, yeah, about all the, we talked about all the Transformers films. Yes. Well, as far I, yeah, I can tell you uh, diary-wise. Um, yeah, the Transformers. You weren't done the last night, I think. Yeah. Right? Did you finish? Did you maybe finish it that night? Did I might have last probably did, yeah. It because again, I don't, I don't know because that's the one I watched in like five parts. Yeah, okay, then that's definitely it because you, I'm yes. So the last one. So let me tell you that. <laughs> Fuck, man. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, hold on for one second. We'll. Um, so I'll be sending out the I I got the notification for the for the PLP league uh, and I went to the ESPN site. My password isn't saved for whatever reason, and I couldn't remember it, so I just fucking gave up on it right there. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'm do hoping it later. my iPad remembers my password, because yeah. otherwise I'm not going to know. So uh, I'll get back in and, and, and get my password and send out invites. So if you're hearing this and you are in the PLP League, we're still doing it. Yeah. Uh, there are still potato trophies that have never been handed out. Uh, I've had them for, I don't know, however, however many years At the least league's been three or going. four years. Um... Yeah, so uh, my non-watching movies, I've been doing the best ball drafts, and this year I decided, uh, well, it was actually kind of two things that made me decide it. Last year, the tournament that I did really, really well in, um, that I actually made it to the finals in, was, and I had really good advance rates in this tournament anyway, I mean, you're going to, but it was even more than expected, I guess, uh... They do it like four times a summer. Mm-hmm. It's three bucks an entry, and there's it's rake free, so they don't take any percentage of it. So it doesn't seem like much, but like every every entry is like they get ten percent. That's their cut, mm-hmm. um, and it's amazing how much difference when they don't take any of it. <clears throat> how and it, uh, they also make it that uh, the top three advance to the playoffs instead of the top two, which is mm-hmm. most tournaments. So. <clears throat> So in most tournaments, if you have a hundred entries, you should make the uh, you should make the top two seventeen times, seventeen percent of the time, just on blind luck. Yeah. Uh, so you want to beat that, obviously. Mm-hmm. In these tournaments, it's three out of twelve, so you're twenty five percent. So if you can beat, you obviously want to beat that. Mm-hmm. I'm at about twenty five percent on the normal ones. Mm-hmm. Is my normal advance is my advance rate has been the last three years. So I was definitely thinking I can definitely crush that in these ones. And last year I had one, they, but they said it at last year you could only max enter 15 times for each one. So last year I had one that I advanced 9 out of 15 teams, one that I advanced 6 out of 15, and the other one I didn't get 15 entries. But anyway, I was well above expected on those. So I figured you're also that's your best bet to get your money back. It's not I'm not going to win $3 million or anything, but like to anyway probably yeah. uh so and also the pros avoid it mm-hmm. because it takes time and it's kind of not worth their time investment yeah. investment 
So it's schmucks like me. Yeah. Um, it's 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 triple A ball. Yeah. Oh, at best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, it is. I mean, it's fair. I mean, you'll see. Uh, like just the draft I've got up here. How many? The badges tell you how experienced people are. Actually, there's quite a few badges in this one. Uh, I'm like a hundred drafts away from my badge. Thanks. Uh, I'll have the black badge. Th uh, thousand drafts is the red badge. Thousand drafts, or they've won a tournament worth three thousand dollars or more. But anyway, <clears throat> so you get softer rooms. Although sometimes I prefer playing with the people that know what they're doing because they're way more predictable. Mm -hmm. They don't do dumb stuff that hurts both of you. I don't know how many times I've said this year, like because you're setting things up. Like let's say you're setting up a Cincinnati stack. And you've taken Jamar Chase in the first round. You took T. Higgins in the second round. And then two rounds later is when Joe Burrow comes around. And you want Joe Burrow. It gets to like two picks before. The guy ahead of you has, I don't know, whoever. And has already drafted a quarterback. So you're like, oh, I'm good. Because he's yeah. he's going to make it through. And then you get there. And the other guy took Joe Burrow. And I'm just like, yeah. why did you do that? You just hurt both of us. Yeah. You made both of us worse. Mm -hmm. You just used two of your top four picks on a quarterback. Yeah. So you have guaranteed that one of your top four picks is not going to score every week. Yeah. And now I don't have my stack. Mm -hmm. What do you? Why did you do that? Yeah. yeah. It's like. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things where if you're playing a game, sometimes it's like you said. It's if you're playing someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, it's harder. It's harder <laughs> because, like you said, they're they're unpredictable because they don't know what they're doing. Right. And they they could just as easily beat you by doing something that no one fucking expects, and they don't even realize what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but most of the time they just fuck you both up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the big thing this year that happened was that they upped the minimum. I mean, they upped the maximum to that tournament. It's called the Pomeranian. Uh, we're on Pomeranian two right now. <laughs> um, it's underdog, so they all have dog names. Yeah. I just thought I'd point that out for anyone who's not aware. Um, so they upped it to fifty this year. It's also a small tournament, so it fills up in less than a day. So you have to do slow drafts. That's the other thing the pros don't like. The pros don't care to have slow drafts yeah. going because it can take up a lot of time and you can't do your fast drafts. Uh, so, and then also it's a $3 thing and I figured even if I usually just do $5 ones, I can do a lot more threes than fives oh, yeah. with the same amount of money. Uh, so I, they launched the first one on July 4th. I max entered it that day, so I had 50 drafts going. Um, plus the ones I already had going. I think at one point I had 77 going. Uh, and then finally, like last week, literally on the day, I said I was down to like 30, and I was pretty happy with that. I was like, this is a nice leisurely pace. And then they dropped another one. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I max entered that one. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm at about 55 going. But... Uh, it's fun. It's weird. Uh, it's very different experience drafting 50 that all start. I, I've had 50 going before. I do that all the time, but I, they're always staggered. Um, like, I'll enter, like, three one day and three two mm -hmm. days later or whatever. But when you enter 50 at once, <clears throat> there are blocks of time where you're drafting the same fucking people over and over and over again because you have... Like this, I, I just happen to draw uh, a lot of 11s and 12s in this tournament. And right now, every fucking pick I see, seem to have come up is the two Seattle receivers, who I really like, yeah. but I'm like, my God, how many times can I do this? Yeah. 
how many times do I want to do this? I have taken Tyler Lockett like fucking. But then <laughs> you feel that way. But I've really. What have I done? How many Lockets do I actually have? Uh, four. So I'm at eight percent Tyler Lockett, which is right even with the field. But I feel like I've because it's all been in the last day yep. that all of those have happened. Um, but it's very doing it this way is uh, it, it turns into a big puzzle, which is is kind of neat. But anyway. Yeah, you've got your spreadsheet fucking going. Look at that. I've been working on I I've been tweaking it all summer. Um, I usually just do it like uh, like just roster style, but mm -hmm. I when I'm doing them all at once, I found that it's easier to do them in this round kind of structure. Yeah. So I can see what's happening uh, with each one. Yeah, it's fun, um, but it is it's time consuming. Um, but they do know what they're doing. All those, all those mm. Pomeranian ones were wrapping up, and they're like, uh, "Let's drop another one so that so that you can have fifty more going." Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, um, PLP league invites will be out and will not be this complicated. And will not be this complicated. <laughs> correct. Uh, so you watched a bunch of Nolan, yeah. uh, including Oppenheimer. We've both been watching the Mission Impossibles. Uh, so naturally, I want to start with Pearl Harbor. <laughs> that is a uh, oh, the the picture of the Marines with the clown, <laughs> the meme. <laughs> that is Pearl Harbor in amongst the rest of your watches this past so week or so. Very, very much. Um, I did my homework. I watched. I was the like, trailer. like just looking at like the ones that have hearts next to them. Don't even look at their ratings. Just the ones right. that I enjoyed. It takes a lot for me to not enjoy a movie. Most of the one movie I haven't enjoyed has been a Michael Bay. Film. The ones you don't enjoy have all the same thing in common. Yes, yeah, they're all Michael Bay films. Uh, and man, you like Dark Side of the Moon. I liked Dark the, the last hour of Dark of the Moon. I guess I don't remember it, but it's, I remember it was, that movie. It was being the invasion just, of just Chicago, awful. where it was just like nonstop robots fighting and humans fighting. Sure, isn't that which every, is what isn't I that, from Isn't that every movie? No, sadly, no. <laughs> what What happens in Cause like does doesn't Mark Wahlberg have a fucking sword or something in Last Night? Oh yeah, he gets it at the end of Age of Extinction. Oh, he gets a sword. Well, no, I take it back. Optimus gets a sword at the end of Age of Extinction. He gets one at the beginning of the Last Night that just starts as like a little. It looks just like a artifact that then gets like stuck on his arm that will later turn into Excalibur because. There's a whole lot of shit and uh, the last night that just makes no fucking sense, including the big bad. The big bad is like the maker, and it's a very, very humanoid-looking robot. And at the very end of the movie, when they think you think she's been defeated, oh no, she's still around. Because finally, the Autobots can leave Earth because they've protected it to the full extent. And defeated all the de yeah exactly. okay yeah okay I'm just like oh my god what are they fucking doing? None of it made sense. They like it rewrite was too their fucking long. They rewrite their lore every, every movie. movie. Isn't that every weird? Movie. But yeah, they rewrite it, but still hit on the same shit every time about how oh the Autobots are fucking yeah. fed up. Yes. Oh the Decepticons, they're really <sighs> they didn't really get defeated. It's oh my god, it's. If you thought the Saturday morning cartoons were written for fucking idiots, the movies are just as bad. And you watched them consecutively. I did. Which is why I had to start watching Nolan films. 
I watching Oppenheimer <laughs> made me go. You know, I really like watching good movies with my time. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh. I'm so, glad I have checked the Transformers films off my list for the most part. I will not revisit most of them. No. No. But. Yeah. But fucking Pearl Harbor. So Pearl Harbor. I so I I watched the honest trailer because I haven't seen mm. Pearl Harbor since whenever it came out. Yeah. Uh. What a terrible fucking idea. <laughs> All the way around. <laughs> like, the Ben Affleck char- character isn't needed at all right. in this fucking movie. And the fact that you're about an hour and a half in before the Pearl Harbor attack even happens. Just picture Saving Private Ryan starting with, like, Tom Hanks and, I don't know, one of the other characters in his fucking brigade... <coughs> Sizemore. Size, yeah, we'll go with Sizemore. <laughs> Fighting over, you know, falling... Sizemore is most, the most likely to be in a three-way. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I mean, not now, but no, at no, that point. At that point, yeah. And having the first hour of the film be about them and a girl, but none of it really mattering. Because yeah. in Pearl Harbor, okay, Ben Affleck's... Him, him and his best buddy, Josh Hartnett, they grew up together. Who both have uh, terrible southern accents for no reason. Oh my god. <laughs> you you could have made them from you, anywhere. And you learn that like Ben Affleck's character is dyslexic. Because he has trouble passing like the eye exams. However, when he goes to fight for England for a while, he writes endless amounts of letters <laughs> to Kate Beckinsale. Maybe endless. They, maybe they were all fucked up. Again, him being dyslexic has no bearing on the movie whatsoever. Because why can't it just be... No, he's a good fucking fighter pilot. Yeah. And it's... Because it, they play it all like, oh, well, he's going to fail, but the Kate Beckinsale lets him slide and passes the test so that he can go be a pilot. Dude, he, he looks like Ben Affleck. She's going to fucking do that for him anyway. It's a time of she war. She didn't need to feel sorry for him. Yeah, he looks like Ben Affleck. She's just going to fucking bat her eyes and go, holy shit, he's dreamy. I'm going to let it go. Because guess what? Dudes would do the same. But he goes off and fights for England for a while. And while there, he's shot down and presumed dead for months. <laughs> and she falls in love with Josh Hartnett, his best friend. But then, oh... Well, right he, when it's time, is, he is also good-looking and present. Yes. Um, even though throughout the film he has shown he is... It's not like he pined for her at first. He just didn't have a way with women. Um, but luckily, Ben Affleck, when he is found, because he was in occupied France for a while, okay. comes back. So, of course, they post him to Pearl Harbor with his buddy. Yeah. Not anywhere, Naturally. El- not anywhere else in the fucking world. Um, and if he finds out, oh my god, they're together. Uh oh. And she's like, I don't know what to do. But then, thankfully, to interrupt this love triangle, we have the Pearl Harbor attacks. Thank goodness the Japanese attacked. <laughs> yeah. To save us from this horrible. But luckily, because Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett are the two best pilots there. They're able to run around on this island during the attack and never get actually shot down. Right. Until they can get a couple of planes up in the air and fight back. Right. And then they're given a chance to lead a secret battle against Japan. Which I'm, I'm sure happened. I'm sure Bay did his research. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure he did. Because there's definitely a part about Kubu Gooding Jr. being like one of the first people to win like the Silver Star. Even though you are given zero character moments with Kubu Gooding Jr. Oh, he's a boxer. Okay. <coughs> oh, he's a cook. He doesn't get any respect. Right. Oh, he has a scene with the nurse where he talks about how he doesn't get respect. And he just wants to do his part. And then luckily he's able to be a hero, kind of, sort of, and man a gun and shoot down a plane during the attack. Um, that's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s whole part. He's given nothing to do with it, really, other than... Run. How long is this movie? Three fucking hours. <laughs> uh... It's like three hours and 15 minutes, if I remember right. No, wait, that was Oppenheimer. 183, I think they so have 303. very similar uh, running times, because I yeah. think Oppenheimer... Isn't Oppenheimer 303? 3.15 for Oppenheimer. But, you know, like you said, I had to get my Josh yeah, Hartnett... 301! I had to get my Josh Hartnett 1940s double feature in. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Pearl Harbor is just insultingly <clears throat> stupid. I'm sure I... Uh, well, I don't know what I would have said at the time, but uh, I... I I laughed out loud when they pointed out in the Honest trailer the scene of giving blood into the Coke bottle. Yeah. America. Yep. <laughs> Nothing more American than a red-blooded American giving blood into a Coke yep. bottle. Oh, and then, and then because this is how it has to happen, uh, uh, Josh Hartman's uh, character dies. He does? He dies. But oh. Kate Beckinsale's pre character is pregnant with his baby. Of course she is. But... She ends up marrying Ben Affleck, and they name the baby after Josh Hartnett. Jesus. So, again, why was this triangle fucking even here? It didn't add any real stakes to it. Um, you could have easily just had a guy meets girl on base, yeah. falls in love with her, Pearl Harbor <clears throat> happens, yeah. and holy shit. Well, Because she's a nurse, he's a pilot. She... You don't even really see that much of what she has to deal with. You see that the, the hospitals are fucking, of course, immediately overrun and fucking chaos happens. Yeah. Um, you don't... You you wasted an hour of the film setting up Ben Affleck's character when it really... He adds nothing to the movie. Other than he's your guy's best friend. Guess what? Your guy could have had 18 best friends on the, on the base. You yeah. did not need to see them falling... Like, Ben Affleck's character and her falling in love in fucking New York City... And then eventually somehow both finding their way to Pearl Harbor. Yeah. No, just... I'm, I, I've never been in the military, but I'm sure this happens all the time where people on the base meet each other on the base and form a relationship. Because that's all there is there. <clears throat> uh, tech school marriages are not unusual. Exactly. Tech school is like... For those that don't know, tech school is what you do immediately after basic training. Mm -hmm. Most of these kids are 18, 19 years old. And while I was at tech school uh, for whatever it was, eight, ten weeks or whatever, I knew five or six people that got married. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, I'm an adult, and look at this, I can do whatever I want, and look, there's a bunch of girls over there, do you want to marry me? Yep. <laughs> because we get higher pay if we're married. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure those last. That's all you needed for this movie. And and the oh the the other reason they would do that is because you're only at tech school for like you know depending on how long your school is six to twelve weeks or yeah, so and then or you're whatever. Out. And like if you've made a girl got a girlfriend, you guys are going to different places unless you get married. If you get married, you're guaranteed to go to the same place. So yeah. that's that's why that shit happens. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Again, see that's all I needed. 
it's all they needed for this to work as a, as a romantic film. Yeah. I liked the idea. It felt at times very much like a 1950s film. Yeah. If it, I bet if I watched it in black and white, it would probably be a little bit better because I would have lower expectations of it. Like, the battle stuff is phenomenal. Yes. Bay is great at the battle stuff. It's every moment that happens when there aren't people fighting. <coughs> shit goes poorly. Yeah. Because, again, the script writer... I can't even remember who wrote the script on this. It's a terrible script. It really is. Like, you're forcing everything. And you didn't need to. Just trying to decide if we care enough to know or not. Uh, it was. Crew. Randall Wallace? Who wrote fucking Braveheart? Hmm. But notice not much else. Man in the Iron Mask? Yeah. And he directed it also. And we were soldiers. Yeah. He he, he made his Hollywood nut and moved on. Apparently. Um. Man, fucking but Pearl Harbor is an abomination of a script. I don't know. Maybe he wrote better shit and Bay fucked with it. Who knows? Right. I've I've never read the original screenplay. Nor am I going <laughs> to seek this out. No. I'm not like ooh, ooh. I need to see that. <clears throat> I need to see the shooting script. Compare it to the original draft. That's not going to happen with this. And again, when your film is three hours long, you can't waste an hour. Yeah. Because again, I started watching it at like eight at night, and I'm like, what the fuck have I done? <laughs> when like 9.30 is rolling around and I go to check the time, and I'm like, it still has an hour and a half left. Because <laughs> I figured it was two and a half hours. Yeah. It's amazing how much that extra half an hour adds on to your like despair. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I think there's a, there is a uh, bigger gap than you realize between 150 and 210, mm -hmm. and then two and a half to three. Yeah, like you push me over two and a half, I'm looking at my watch. And, and here's the problem: <clears throat> the day before, I had watched Oppenheimer, which is three hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, I saw it in a theater where I didn't get to go check, take breaks, right? Or fix myself a sandwich or whatever, right? And that movie flew by for me. Pearl Harbor did not. And Pearl Harbor had way more gee whiz bang shit going on. <laughs> Pearl Harbor literally took an hour and a half to fly by, mm -hmm. and then it just dropped shit on you. Yeah. I made a Pearl Harbor joke. Yeah. Or a... Whatever that would be. Uh, yeah, that's tough stuff from, from yeah. Michael Bay. Are you done with Bay? No. What else you got? I still have to watch Pain and Gain. I still have to watch Bad Boys 2. That might be tough. Oh, I'm going to space them out much further now. Yeah. I'm going to like... I'm, you've, my, my, you've overbade. Yeah, I have overbade. Um, so, <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm going to like space them out much more. Like, maybe one a week now. Yeah. Maybe. And if I don't get to it, oh fucking well. Yeah. I'll be okay with not getting to it. <laughs> uh, is it just that you don't have any more... Uh, of the blowy uppy ones left. Uh, well, bad boys too. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, uppy. yeah, I guess. Um, oh, I still have his war. Oh, the the thirteen hours or whatever the fuck it is. Oh, the and, yeah, six, one? six seconds or whatever the fuck the other one is with a six in it. Yeah. I still oh, the the Brian Reynolds one. Yeah. That sucks. I'll get to them eventually. I'm, I can't. I'm. In, I'm I kind of no hurry. I kind of can't wait for you to watch that because that movie's awful. Like, ooh. Uh, like it's un, it's unlikable. Yeah. Like I don't like it. 
that didn't come out right. But <clears throat> uh, the Mission Impossibles, uh, we I imagine we kind of both had the same idea that we wanted to kind of catch up a little bit and then yeah. go to just because exactly because it's tough remembering which ones took place, especially once it all I becomes Macquarie verse. Yeah, which did ones you, you did you? Oh, you had watched the other ones previous. I watched uh, one through. I've watched yeah. one through four now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just noticed that you had watched Ghost Protocol, but you had watched one through three earlier in the yeah. year, right? Yeah. Uh, I skipped two. I always do. I still. I don't think I've seen two. Two's since. fine. Yeah, I guess I should watch it. Um, it. It's so yeah. weird because I've seen the other ones mm-hmm. so many yeah. times, and I like John Woo as a director. It's it's just it's a bad match. Yeah, it's but I like that they were trying that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was cool to go. You know, I like that for the first four Mission Impossible's. They had first five. They had five different directors. I like that idea with distinct styles. Yeah, with all with distinct. You know, they all felt like they were kind of in different, different but same universes. But then I also really like once Macquarie has taken mm-hmm. over. It's been a I mean, fight vision, and it's never been better than it is now. Yeah. So it's kind of like yeah, I thought that was really cool what they were doing, but this is better. Yeah. Um. Because I think the last three are the three best. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, of a series that's pretty good all the way through. Um, <clears throat> I when I started watching three, I uh, I looked back at the last time I had watched it, which uh, had been like, I think we said it was like December twenty twenty one or yeah. something like that. I think we re- I think we rewatched all of them like Christmas week or something uh, over vacation. Uh, would have been my last rewatch, and I gave it a three and a half. And I was like, "Man, I thought I liked this movie more." Mm-hmm. And I watched it again. I still like it very much, but I was like, "No, it's still three and a half." Because if you, I know you sh- you shouldn't do this, but if you take Philip Seymour Hoffman out of it, oh yeah, it's a weak film. It's not that good. Yeah, um, he he owns that fucking. Oh yeah, movie. yeah. If you t- and, if you take him out, it's not as good. Yeah, it, and the other ones you you can't. Say that about any of the other ones, yeah. the, uh, any of the other like top tier ones, uh, like Ghost Protocol. You can, and I'm not just talking villain, but you can't just take like one element out and then the movie sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you you if you kind of, I, I started to really notice that every scene that he's not in, and he's not in it a ton. No, uh, it's still very much Tom Cruise. Um, <clears throat> he gets more screen time than. Maybe your typical villain, mm-hmm. I would say, right? Yeah, I'd be interested to see the number on, like the the minute versus the with Sean, yeah, Sean he, Harris, 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 yeah. Um, so <laughs> I kept thinking of Jared Harris, like that's not right. Um, it's a creepy Brit. Yeah, <laughs> same, same. Um, yeah, so he's he's really he's on he's on screen more than I, I guess your typical villain, but not. It's not nearly like a 50-50 thing uh, going back and forth. So really, for a majority of this movie's runtime, he's not in it. And if you kind of just think of those parts, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. It's passable. But there's no... I mean, uh, Ghost Protocol does not stop. No. And there is nothing in 3 that comes close to the building. And I liked with Protocol 2, they involved the team... Mm. The team is not just sitting on a laptop somewhere help, helping Ethan. In, yeah. You know, I love the scene in the tower where Benji's got a role, where uh, I can't remember the female spy's name now, where she's got a role. 
Well, they change they the until Rebecca Ferguson they they have yeah. switched that up every. Was this the one with uh, Paula Patton? Yeah, Jane. Yeah, Jane. Yeah, <clears throat> I like her in this film. Yes. I, I you know Renner's got a very specific part to play. Yes, I like that the team is necessary as a unit. It's not every. I mean, everyone is still kind of supporting Ethan Hunt because he's the fucking super spy, right? But. It's obvious with this film, Hunt cannot do this alone. He needs these people. Yeah, and they're very and they're valuable as a team. Even though Luther is barely in this one, Luther doesn't show up. Until yeah, he's not until the very very end. Yeah, um, and I think that was them realizing if we're going to go forward with this, the supporting cast is just as important as Ethan Hunt. Yeah, um, and that's why I think they've gotten so much better with everyone because like Ethan pretty much is completely. When I was rewatching too, I'm like, "Who the fuck is this Australian dude? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this fucking guy? Yeah. Why is he even in this film? Is is because because they filmed in Australia, they needed to put an Australian in this? Who's in two now? Because I'm thinking I've, I haven't seen it forever. Who um, who were the team members in two? Uh, what was um, not Zoe Saldana? Um, Christ, what the fuck is her name? Uh, Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton, yes. I think. I'm like, Westworld, Westworld, Westworld. Yeah. Tandy Newton, Vig Sorry, Grimes is Tan, in it. Tandaway Newton. Oh, that's right, yeah, she changed it back to her regular, her first name, originally. Uh. <sighs> yeah, Doug Ray Scott's the villain. Doug Ray Scott, was he in more than one? No. Okay. And this he film's mostly just famous because this show? is the film that stopped him from being Wolverine. Right. Um, but uh, Richard Roxborough? Which Who is Brendan Gleeson? He's the poli- No, he's the head of a company. A drug company. Who's Hopkins? He is barely in it. Yeah, he's just a voice, I think, or something in this one. No. William Mathaper's in it for a little bit as a villain. He's just mostly known as Ethan from Lost. Oh, Dominic Purcell? Yeah. Yeah, like, the villains were not great. I mean, Doug Ray Scott is just basically the dark world Tom Cruise. You know, the, yeah. the spy who went bad. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and they're going to release a toxin or some shit. But they're using... They're, they've taken over a biomedical engineering firm, so they will basically get very, very wealthy once they release right. this med, this Chimera, I think it was called, or something like that. Yeah, Chimera. It's fine. It's a, a good story idea. It's just... It didn't work with John Woo's sensibilities for me. Uh, John Woo is very much about making things big. And yeah. for a lot of Mission Impossible, some of the best scenes are the smaller scenes where shit's like really fucking tense. Yeah. That's not what Wu does. <laughs> but by the time we get to Ghost Protocol, it's Brad Bird, but. Is McQuarrie involved? He was the point? writer. He was the writer. Oh, he's maybe, not listed as the writer, but maybe, I believe he maybe was. Maybe story? I thought for sure McQuarrie was involved in this one somehow. Uh, we could find out by going... By using our magic Google. Yeah. Uh, MI6. That's not what you want. What I wanted you to do. Why did you do that? Um, oops. I'm not doing well here. There we go. 
So director. I'm just seeing if he's on the other ones in any he's not even he's not listed on it as a producer. He was a rewriter. Okay. So he did enough he did rewrites but not enough to get any screenwriting credit. He wrote Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah. Did not know that. But anyway, uh, so when I watch uh, Ghost Protocol, every time I watch them, I'm like, holy shit, this movie has that in it, and that, and that. Like, this is, that whole Kremlin thing, the whole mm. Kremlin scene is fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's like the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's like, it's like 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and that whole scene is awesome. And it's not, because normally that would be like, uh, the climax yeah. of your movie the, the would prison, be The prison like, break scene the, would be... Much bigger. And that's Once again, again, another phenomenal fucking scene. And those are all like leading up to uh, the building, which is crazy. <laughs> like the the climbing, uh, that whole scene is awesome. Yeah, um, the whole movie is great. Um, I don't know where we were going with that, yeah. but just I to, forgot uh, what's his name, Josh. Fucking Sawyer from Lost. I forget his name. Holloway. Holloway. Yeah, Holloway. I forgot he was even in it. Yeah. Because I was excited yeah. when he showed up. Like, oh, yeah, never mind. he's dead. Yeah, it's literally every time I watch it, I because I say to him, I'm like, oh, is it? Oh, yeah, he's going to die right now. Yep. Yep. Um, and I like, uh, Christ, what's her name? French girl. Leah Sadu. Leah Sadu. Yeah, I like her a lot. Uh, she meets a pretty brutal end. Till he goes... Is that Taylor Swift? <laughs> no. It's no. the French Taylor Swift. Yeah, it is. French Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, and this the other thing that I do every time I watch these, uh, when I watch Rogue Nation, or no, Rogue Nation is what will be next, right? Yeah. When I watch Ghost Protocol, I'm like, I think this is my favorite one. And then I get to the next one. This one might be. It's always either four or five. Yeah. I never really... I think for me it's five because I love fucking Sean Harris. Yeah, villain. his voice is just so fucking creepy. And this is your first Rebecca Ferguson, so I love Rebecca uh, Ferguson. She's a great addition. So uh, yeah, it's probably it probably is Rogue Nation. And again, is this the one that has him do the pole thing where he's like handcuffed to a pole and he like flips himself up a pole? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, that that's when awesome. that's when he meets her. Yeah. Because he doesn't know who she is at that point. Uh, that yeah. scene was so fucking good. Yeah. Although, man, I do love Henry Cavill in the next one, too. Yeah. Stop. That's got a great... Uh, yeah. uh, that bathroom scene, I was watching a thing on it. I guess they're fucking not pulling a lot of their punches in that. Yeah. Like, Cruz was like, no, throw me around. Yeah. And Cavill's like, are you sure? <laughs> You're just a little guy. And the stunt guy was all like, go for it. So I guess, like... When, when he throws him through, like, the, the window mirror thing. Yeah. I guess that was, like, a lot more brutal than it was supposed to be. Because hmm. they were just, yeah, they were just going fucking at it. You got that, right? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, do you want to go right to Oppenheimer, or do you want to cover the rest of your, uh, <coughs> excuse uh, me, um, of your Nolans? Whatever you prefer, honestly. Um, <coughs> we just watched I, the... Honestly, I've started watching them just... Because, again, you're going to hear it a lot when you hear Oppenheimer reviews, that this is a culmination of yeah. everything he's ever done. And I'm like, sure. that's an easy thing to say. Yeah. I want to see how much of it is true, and it's pretty fucking true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
We just watched the Memento episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so now Robin wants to watch Memento, because she hasn't seen it since yeah. it would have come out. Um, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I haven't time. either. I don't it's, think I'd watch it since DVD. Exactly. I have it on Blu-ray. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't think I'd ever watched my Blu-ray. <laughs> it was one of my first ever DVDs, because yeah. it was right around the time the DVD players... Oh, I miss when they... This, the DVD of that was fucking awesome. Yeah. Where they made it look like his folder. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. And well, like you were a, still you still had a little bit of that 90s uh, album art type yeah. thing. Yeah, and there was a thing where that. you could do where if you... Because there was like a personality testing you could take on it. And if you answered a certain way, it, it opened up for you to watch the film in sequential view. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was a pain in the ass because this was the early days of the internet. So, like, it wasn't super easy to find out how to do that. Right. I had it written on like a note card in my DVD. <laughs> like I, I, when I found out, I like wrote it on a note card, like Leonard would do, and put it in the DVD so I'd well, remember. What Leonard would have done is tattooed it on himself. Yeah. If you were really committed, Dan, you would have I done should, that. <laughs> that would be a what gr- the fuck is that? Uh, that's what you do on the DVD to the <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It seems a little too nerdy for me. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll wait on that because I think Robert and I are going to watch it this week. Yeah. Um, Dark Knight's still pretty good then, right? Oh, Dark Knight is still great. <laughs> Again, it's it's one of those things where I almost want to see the film with someone different as the Joker. Would to it see make if the it's fi- any good? Would it make the film as good? Because the film is, again, still really good. It's essentially Heat, both yeah. Batman and the Joker. Yes. But Heath Ledger's performance is the takeaway every time you watch it. It just overshadows... It- Everything and it kind of you, you feel like you're being boring by thinking that or feeling that until you watch it and you're like that's all that's all I can get out of this. Yeah. Uh, like I love Aaron Eckhart in that film. I think he yeah. would have made a great Two Face if they had chosen to continue him in the next one. Yeah, which I, I, I is still always going to be a knock for me is that they killed Henry. I yeah. mean Harvey Dent at the end. Yes, yeah, because I Same. really wanted him for the next one, but and it's just every time Ledger is on screen. You're fucking glued. You can't not watch him on there. I wonder if I look. This is dark and really shitty. But I wonder if, like, in the darkest parts of his brain, sometimes Nolan was like, "Oh shit, I killed the wrong character." <laughs> you know, like, because yeah. it did have an impact on Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on uh, Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> but like, if he had just yeah. If Harvey had lived, it would have been much easier yeah. to. Uh, well, I mean, the whole uh, in the whole Dark Knight Rises, the scene in, in the courthouse with yeah. the Scarecrow presiding. Yeah. It's like, no, that's Harvey. That should be fucking Harvey. Yeah, and everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 again, he wasn't. Nobody was expecting Heath Ledger to die. He was expecting him to be in the third one. Right. So they had to change some shit for the third one. Um, I still think the third one is not as bad as everyone thinks it is. I don't either. I, every time, because I think it had been like uh, the sort of thing where I watched it, um, you know, and then when it came out on Blu-ray, I would have watched it maybe a couple more times, and then there was kind of a gap where I didn't, and I think in that time the internet decided it sucked. Yeah. And then when I went back and rewatched it, I think the the most recent that I've rewatched it was oh, this is Dark Knight. Uh, yeah, I haven't rewatched Dark Knight Rises. That's probably going to be for tonight. Because the Batmans are really good to watch at night because I, I know what happens very well. So if I happen to fall asleep, I happen to fall asleep. Uh, what did I want to know? What did I, was I looking at? Last time you watched oh, it. the last time I watched it. All right. 
January 2022. Okay. So it had probably been, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was this rewatch. It must have been pre uh, uh, Letterbox. But my point being that, that I had, you watch it a couple times when it comes out, and then there's kind of that gap where you're kind of waiting. Mm-hmm. And during that time, the internet decided that that movie sucked. And then when I rewatched it again, I was like, it's, this is not that bad. No, I, I mean, there's some problems. Yeah. But again, based on. It's definitely. Warner Brothers th- is like, no, this movie has to come out this time. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's definitely the worst of the three. Like, yeah. Easily. But again, especially you measure it up against most superhero films now, yeah. it is far and away better than most. And it's like oh, really yes. tackling some shit. Yes. Um, that other superhero films don't even bother to go at. So it's still. And again, it's tough because, yeah, it's getting measured up against The Dark Knight, which is the fucking pinnacle. And even. Begins, I think begins gets over because of how good Dark Knight is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, begins, begins, you is, see, my, it's begins is really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, we don't have most superhero movies if that sucked. We just don't. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, when if that, that got if that had tanked, when that got announced as someone who likes Batman, I didn't know. I I, I guess I I hadn't. I wasn't aware enough to make the Nolan connection because I, yeah. I, I wouldn't I didn't know. Uh, you know, I had seen Memento and whatever before that, but I didn't. Oh, I was any... stoked when it was announced. <clears throat> when it was announced, I was at at that point. I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I watched it on Blu-ray. The only reason I knew it was going to be good or had the chance because I knew Mo- Nolan from Memento because Memento was really fucking good. Yeah, and I had I'm one of the few people who had seen American Psycho when it first came out. Oh yeah, and I'm like. He's going to fucking... I don't know how well he'll do as Batman, but he's going to do a fucking phenomenal Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne is fucking Patrick Bateman yeah. from that fucking movie. Maybe, you know, other than the mass murdering. Just, well, just went in a different direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, he, that's the persona is the that type of guy. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. And he, he... You can see the darkness in him while he's still being friendly and polite and doing all the stupid shit he's doing in that film. So I, w- I could not fucking wait for it to come out. Um, I last watched that. And then I was very happy that it was as good as it was. I haven't watched that since 2018, so... Because mm-hmm. I bought the 4K. I had the 4K, because it was a... it was I think we both did. Uh, it was a Black Friday thing where I think I ordered two, because yeah. we, they were like four ninety nine or whatever. Um, that movie's great, but I always... Uh, Whenever I think I want to rewatch that, I'm like, oh, no, it's it's so unpleasant. Oh, I watch it almost every year. Oh, I say that I probably haven't watched it in two or three. Now that I'm thinking about yeah. it, because I've set so many theme Octobers, but yeah. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, then I I basically started. I didn't start with following because I actually I had a coupon for like fifty. I had a fifty dollar coupon on Criterion.com. Yep. So I ended up ordering it this past week. So when following oh. arrives, I will watch that. Uh, but I wanted to start at the beginning, basically. Or as close to the beginning as possible. I didn't want to necessarily watch them in order, but kind well, of Well, that would be a very known thing to do, is to watch them out of order. Exactly. Because when we get to Oppenheimer, this motherfucker cannot... He, he loves time. Yeah, The guy loves well, that, time. And that's the other reason I watched Insomnia first, because it's the only thing he's never written. Oh, okay. That one is based on a... It's a remake of another movie. He he, he did do rewrites on it, because he, he's going to. 
but this is the only film where he has like no either he or his brother have zero writing credits on it. So I, I figured it's the least that's no another one. one. That's the other one I haven't seen in forever. Yeah. It's still fucking really good. Yeah. It's it's one of my favorite Pacino performances. Yeah. Cause, and it's one of the last times I remember him being great in something. Especially when you learn that it was fil- it wasn't filmed sequentially. So he's varying through the different layers of I haven't slept, you know. Yeah. And the way he's in the film, it's a very natural progression to, hey, I just got here, to I haven't slept for five days by the end of the film. And how that is on his character, but he does it fucking beautifully. Whoa. I have not rewatched Dunkirk since... Yeah. I'm actually... That one's going to be a soon watch, because uh, probably this weekend, because Andrea has never seen Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably watch... We'll probably watch Inception and Interstellar, too, together. I just watched Interstellar, right? Yeah, I watched it in February. Yeah, Interstellar's an other odd one that people... It doesn't get the love that it should. I love that movie. As do I. Every time... I it's fucking brilliant. Every time I watch it, I I kind of... I feel like an asshole. Because, because like, I, I, again, I know the, the internet hates it. As far as... It, it, relative to other Nolan movies. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah. I, yes, it's dumb, but like... But it's... It's sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. What do you want? It's, it's not supposed to be real. And that's a lot of the problem I get. Because uh, yeah, Eric and I were discussing this last night. He does not like Tenet. He gave Tenet like a two. And I'm just like, how can you give this a two? Like, on on the craft of the filmmaking alone, it's a four-star fucking film. Yeah. Because he had to figure out how to do all this in camera. Like... <laughs> which scenes you're playing forward which scenes they had to figure out a way to film IMAX films backwards that didn't exist until this film they had to like literally have a camera engineer figure out how to play how to make it so it would film backwards like and then watching like because they filmed everything forward everything backwards <coughs> and then figured out which one worked best and you never fucking know in 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 the movie which one it is is this a forward take or a backwards take <laughs> Fucking Kenneth Branagh had to learn to speak with a Russian ac- accent backwards, because <laughs> a lot of people I know have given oh his his accent and that's such a broad Russian. I'm like he had to learn how to speak fucking backwards, dude. Like there's not a lot of room for nuance because it showed like a scene like on one of the scenes where he was interrogating uh, John David Washington. Yeah, and like you can see the other it's where there's that big glass wall in between them. Yeah. And it, like, showed behind the scenes, and it showed, like, a fucking big whiteboard out of sight below that with him saying the Russian words phonetically and which syllables to emphasize. <laughs> and I'm just like, fucking Christ. How... It wouldn't have been hard for them just to have him speak it normally and then play it backwards. But he didn't... He wanted... He wanted that film to be filmed both forwards and backwards. Like... The scenes where the car is driving backwards, yeah. they rigged a car to drive backwards. Like, they just changed everything around. So it's literally, it's driving forward, but it looks backwards. You know, and how to, they had to teach the fight scenes backwards and forwards. So they had to, mem- so that, like, because the, the scenes aren't just played differently when it's in forward than when it's in backwards. It's not like the first time when John David Washington, Dan, yeah, David Washington, fights himself, but his, himself is all masked up. Right. <clears throat> That's not like, oh, this is the one they filmed in reverse. 
and then the other one is when they film forward. You don't fucking know because they filmed it both ways both times. Like, they had to film shit like four different times in order to figure out which way it worked best. And then piece that together while shooting on fucking IMAX, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> and I would imagine that Eric's response was, none of that matters if it's not enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Is that roughly what Pretty he said? Pretty much. He's like, he, because didn't, he didn't like the, the amount of exposition. He would have just rather they played it out and didn't bother explaining it. Yeah. But again, that's part of Nolan's thing is he wants to try to explain it. Because it's fun. It's it's just funny because uh, I am both of you. I gave it four stars and did not like it. <laughs> I get the achievement. Yeah. But like, you can't hear the dialogue most oh, of the I have time. To watch it. I have to watch it with the subtitles on. Even then, that still bugs me though. Um because, uh, I mean, we've talked a bunch of times, we, we keep the subtitles on, yeah. but I don't want to have to use them. I like to just be able to glance down. But if I know I have to read every line, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's it, it, it's dumb because I'm perfectly okay with it with a Korean movie. Yeah. So, like, I'm not if it's, if it's being uh, spoken in English, yeah. which is dumb, but I don't know. Uh... So yeah, I think he would have liked it more with with Aaron Taylor Johnson's approach when it, when he shows up in it as like the military, where he's just like, don't fucking think about it, just do it. Yeah, you know, you need to stop thinking literally, just fucking go with it. And again, yeah, it's don't make me have to. I want compute. See, that's your... what I want from this film. Yeah, because that's one of the things I like about Memento is it starts, the film ends in the middle of the film. Right. And then you're like, oh, oh, yeah. And you put the pieces together. This one, he's not even doing it. He's like, oh, no, we're going to start. Like, by the end, you realize, like, John David Washington never even met What's-Her-Name. <laughs> you know, at a certain point, Elizabeth All right. Like, you know, I haven't even met you yet. And it's like, oh, my God. And it was fun watching him, like, in the film when they're doing a lot of the scenes, drawing it out. They've got, like, red and blues all over this thing so you can figure out which... Yeah. And they, they made a joke during the special features, like where if you if you thought it was happening at a certain point, you were probably wrong. Like, and again, that can, I get where that can be incredibly frustrating because they're trying to make it make sense for you. Yeah. And in this one, he might have been trying a little too hard. But after Interstellar, people fucking raked him over the coals for not explaining it enough. I feel like. Or they, they picked apart his explanations. So he, I feel like he that was kind of a... Well, okay, if you think I didn't explain it enough, I'm going to explain it like a motherfucker here. And I I'm think, surprised Interstellar... Because I've got this sorted by popularity. Mm-hmm. Interstellar is first. I, I'm, I'm on... Sorry, I'm on Christopher Nolan's uh But I have to Letterbox. wonder if that's mostly because that's when Letterboxd like, started. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because a lot of it, his stuff... It's because it was the most recent when Letterboxd started? Yeah, so everybody fucking logged it. I'm actually surprised at the rating spread. I am too. Like, go to Tenant. You know why? Because the people that bitch about Interstellar Online are not Letterboxd people. Yeah. That's a nice way of saying they're lower class. Yeah. But uh, go, go to Tenant's ratings, because I loved writing, reading some of the reviews for that. And it was all over the place. Wow, that's got a 3-4. Yeah. Uh, there's Eric's, too. Yeah. 
can't decide if this movie is incomprehensible or if I just keep losing track of what was going on because I didn't give a shit about any of mm-hmm. it. Which I get. I get. And the, the, the characters are pretty thin. They're archetypes. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we shouldn't be reading these uh, uh, to ourselves. Uh, were you reading this one? No, I was reading the... Uh, half the dialogue is exposition. The soundtrack goes... You will forget the entire thing on the drive home. A film by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> the one above it is... Hello, my name is Christopher Nolan. Welcome to Masterclass. Today I will be discussing how I add emotional depth to my characters. First I add a woman. Then I add a child. And we're done. Thank you for watching. I love the one below that. The way Christopher Nolan looks at time is how Quentin Tarantino looks at feet. <laughs> Accurate. Because uh, as, as we is. say... My God, the he, guy like he is time. obsessed with time. He is, every, every, and uh, that's kind of why I liked. It's interesting too, because like I, I purchased the American Prometheus book and I've started reading it. Oh yeah, which is one of the things I, I one of the reasons I don't think he explains as much in this film is uh, he has to because what, uh, Oppenheimer is based on a book. Called yeah, American Prometheus. Prometheus. It was it's a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. It took twenty five years to write. I just I'm like I'm like fifty pages in. There were ten pages about fucking Oppenheimer's, one of his school teachers. Hmm. It's fucking thorough. Um, and I think, I think that might have freed up, freed up Nolan a lot. To be like, well, you want to learn more? Here's the book. This is the part I'm talking about. Yeah. If you want more background, here you go. If you want more about why this scene is this scene... There's the book because I guess the stuff with Robert Downey Jr. Char- character is very is very prevalent in the book. Like there's a yeah. lot more. Um, so kudos to the, the two writers for being that fucking thorough, and kudos to Nolan being able to trim down an 800 page book that took 25 years to write into a three hour movie and still having it be compelling. So it is the uh, uh, Hamilton to the book Hamilton. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Because the the Hamilton um, biography is thick and exhaustive. Yeah, and that's <laughs> uh, and that's what this book. It's eight hundred pages, and the words are fucking tiny. I hate that. I hate. It's, 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 there's nothing worse than you get that in the paper, super thin. You're yeah. like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna take forever. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I'm like, I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna read like twenty pages a night, and then read something else because I don't know if I could read an hour straight of this. Those types of books are the ones that. Uh, I don't, well, I don't read any books straight through anymore. Um, but intentionally, like, I've been reading this Leonardo book for a decade. Yeah. Like, 20 pages at a time. And then I won't read it again for two months. Yeah. I'll just pick, and I don't even necessarily go in order. I'll just mm-hmm. pick a section. Yeah. Um, and that's how the Hamilton book yeah. works for me. Like I'm said, on, like, page... I'm 50 pages in. He's not out of school yet. He's not out of grade school yet, pretty much. I've had the Hamilton book three years. I think I'm about... 50 pages in. Maybe 80. It's about what I was, too. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's, it's fucking It thorough. is dense. <laughs> um, but and I can see... I can see why Nolan wanted to make it. Um, he definitely... He makes references to Oppenheimer in um, Tenant. He um, does. Because it's talking about the end of the world and how Kenneth Branagh's character has an end-of-the-world weapon that basically when he dies, everything's gonna just fucking go. Because of science and shit um, and that's very much one of the main things in Oppenheimer is 
if we build this, we might accidentally set the entire atmosphere on right. fire and it will never stop burning. Are we on Oppenheimer now? <laughs> ah, fuck it. Yeah, because we don't really need Let to me... talk about the Batmans too much. No. Uh, other than what I will say is uh, reiterate that Begins is uh, a lot closer to Dark Knight than it is to Rises. And if Dark Knight didn't exist, it would be maybe the best superhero mo movie. It might be the second best superhero yeah. movie ever. Um, <clears throat> depending on what yeah, you think. On the of, video of monsters, certain... we're going to do a, a Nolan punch out at some point. Yeah. And we're only going to allow one Batman film to be included. Yeah. So we're going to do an Inception-like thing where we're going to have a punch-out within the punch-out of the Batman films. Ah, that's so, a good idea. And then whichever Batman comes out of that will then go into the regular punch-out. Uh, when did you... When did I last watch this? I watched this recently, last year. It's been a while since I've seen Inception. Yeah. Actually, I ordered the 4K, because I didn't own it in 4K. Uh, how come I can't... Oh, I reviewed it in 2020. Yep. That's sooner that's than I thought. Yeah, because I don't think I've loved The Prestige. It's been a while since I've watched I that. was surprised I haven't either. Yeah. And I love that fucking movie. You have rated I've it. I've rated it, but I bet I didn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, and that was probably one of the ones back in like seven, seven years ago. Yeah, so when, when I first got it and just started logging a bunch of you know, yeah. rating a bunch of shit so they would know my preferences. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm going to put that on a uh, very soon list then. Prestige and also Dunkirk, just because I, I I don't know that I've I, I I think it was a movie theater and then watched it once when it came out. I don't think I've and watched then, it since the theater. No, no. Um, I I've watched it at least once at home. Um, Yet another one he messes with time in. But it was at least oh yeah I mean this the, he is more uh, hung up on time than Michael Bay is on uh, underage daughters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just barely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna. Prestige uh, on a soon rewatch, and probably even Dunkirk. Uh, Prestige because I know Robin will watch it with me. Prestige is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you forget how good that yeah. one is until you watch it. I mean, and the book it was based on was really fucking good. So I was impressed that they were able to do it because I didn't think he would take it in the direction it needed to be taken in. Because uh, you forget the Prestige has some sci-fi shit in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> big time. Yeah, and again. David Bowie's Nikola Tesla, which is just fucking right. awesome. Everyone needs to see that. Uh, how far behind in... Well, actually, so... I don't know how they they gauge popularity. Um, I used to think it was simply based on views. I'm, I'm assuming it's a combination of views and ratings and likes. Mm -hmm. uh, because Interstellar actually has fewer letterbox logs than Inception does. Inception is two and a half million, with an overall of four point two and one million likes. Interstellar is two point four million with a million likes at a four point three. So I wonder if it's <coughs> like a combination of the three. It doesn't matter. But uh, although Dark Knight's a four point five with two point five million and one point, that doesn't make any sense. I don't like your system, whatever it is, Letterbox. If Dark Knight has more of all three, weird. Anyway, uh, so Oppenheimer. I'll begin with. Uh, look, you should see this in a theater if you have the chance. Yeah, I how, really wish we had had we however, had a IMAX nearby. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I saw somewhere that IMAX tickets are on resale for like a thousand bucks. Well, that's because like the people I was, will, they're uh, booked out until like mid August, which fucking nuts. Yeah, like that's that's like pre order fucking Infinity War shit, you know, where people have been waiting. Worse, yeah, right. I can't remember. I know, like, it was tough, like, Infinity War and whatnot. Like, the first few weeks, it was hard to get, like... To get IMAX. IMAX tickets. But this is, again, a three-hour movie about science. Well, uh, I want to get back to that in one second. I wanted to, because I I do want to talk about that. Uh, And it's something I had was thinking about yesterday and had forgotten about until you just mentioned it. But, um, first, again, you should see this in a theater if you can. Second, I fucking hate going to the theater. Mm-hmm. I, for one thing, this is this. It's an odd experience going to Oppenheimer because when I went, I was at the eleven thirty a.m. show. It was me. I was the youngest person there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather go to a children's movie filled with eight-year-olds yeah. than a bunch of old people. Holy shit, dude! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I we get had, there. We had a couple, like a few seats over that I was like, oh god, they're gonna. What? What's going on? Luckily, they stopped pretty early in the fucking film. But. It started when I fucking walked in the fucking down the aisle. There was a fucking 90 year old woman sitting in my seat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I have seat seven. And she goes, Oh, is this. She, she goes. <laughs> now, mind you, there's maybe a dozen people total in the whole fucking theater. Um, again, all of them over the age of 65, except for me. Um. She ju- she said, oh, is it just one of you? And I'm like, what fucking difference does that make? If there were three of us, doesn't matter. This is still the seat that I bought, yeah. that I picked out. If you wanted to sit here, yeah. you could have. Mm-hmm. Um, or someplace similar. So anyway, she just fucking gets up and moves around to the other side. Because it was her sitting in my seat and then her uh, so, uh, imagining her husband. Um, so she just moved over to the other side of him. Why she sat in my seat, I don't fucking know. Uh, <clears throat> well, probably because it's the seat that I prefer. It's the best seat in there. Second row down uh, from the end and in the middle. Yep. Um, anyway. Uh, so I sit down and I'm like, immediately, I'm kind of annoyed. Yeah. But then I'm also realizing that I am going to be right next to these two people who, I don't know what the perfume is that old ladies wear. Mm. But it is offensive. <laughs> it's like that sharp, like, burns your nose, uh, sickly sweet kind of cheap-ass drugstore perfume mm-hmm. that she has fucking doused herself in. Uh, and now, frankly, it's all over the chair that I am now sitting in. Uh, so... I spent the entire movie with my shirt over my nose. <laughs> I am not kidding. Um, so that we had that shit going on. To my left, at the end of the row, there were two... They were probably the youngest, uh, or the closest to my age. They were probably in their late 50s, maybe. Um, two women. Both had huge things of popcorn. Sounded like a couple of fucking horses eating Cheerios... <laughs> out of a fucking aluminum foil bag. (laughs) 
And at one point, I I, I never do this. Yeah. I just turned and looked. Yeah. And like, it was a bright part, so like they could see that something moved to their right. And like two minutes later, they got moved. It was awesome. Uh, so that was actually kind of the highlight of my uh, non-movie watching experience at the theater. Then we also had someone two or three rows down who had some sort of hacking uh, throat disorder. Because every couple minutes, every like five minutes or so, it sounded like halfway between a, like a dry heave cat hairball situation mm-hmm. and a cough. Fucking old people, man. And then, of course, behind me, we had what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Full volume voice. As if you're in your own fucking living room. Jeez, what do you think? They're going to build that fucking bomb or what? Wow. Come on, dude. (laughs) This is why I wish... I know it would take away from the sound a little bit, but I almost wish, like, you could purchase headphones. Yeah, fuck yeah. And plug it into your seat. Yep. And therefore, noise cancels out everything around you. Yeah. Because I am very much the same way. I hyperfixate. If someone is being obnoxious, yeah, I it, can't, could be, it could be five rows away. I can't think about anything. If someone's else. being obnoxious, I'm like, yeah, it drives me fucking nuts. Um, that to me is is the shittier part of because a lot of times when you compare home to 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 uh, theater, you just think of like home where oh, I can pause and do whatever. I almost that's almost when I'm at the theater, the my inability to pause. Is way less than obnoxious fuckwits. Obnoxious fuckwits. Yeah. Um, and I said I would rather go to a children's movie. I think part of that is because at a children's movie you expect it. Yeah. But I don't know. It's and also somehow less annoying. Miss, you can also miss some shit, and it will be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. In Oppenheimer, there's shit you need to pay attention to. Yeah. So to the movie proper. And again, um, he's also fucking around with time. So you need to know where you're at and when you're at. Oh, wait, no, I do have... Sorry, I have one more uh, movie theater uh, old people story. Is that... Uh, two things. One was the Exorcist trailer was very uncomfortable to watch oh, in a oh, room full of 100-year-olds. The, yeah, the people... Because Andrew and They were, were like, fucking Ooh. mortified. The, the, two, the two women to our left? Yes. They were like, oh my god! They were oh. horrified. Yeah. They were not expecting that trailer. No, they were not. And that trailer is not at all... I mean, I know horror trailers are supposed to be scary so that they get you into it. But, but I do like, love, too, that they played that in front of it because these are the people that were our, that were like teenagers yeah. when the original Exorcist came out and they were probably fucking scarred for <laughs> life by it. So now we're seeing some PTSD from this trailer and right. I fucking love it. Right, yeah, they were fucking horrified. Yeah. Because uh, that mo- that trailer's legit scary. Oh, yeah, and then once the music starts... Yeah, I was like, fucked a- up. Andrew and I are looking at each other like, yes! Yeah. And these people are about ready to piss their pants beside us. Yeah. See, now, I, I loved that trailer. Yeah. I will never in a fucking million years <laughs> watch that movie. But I, I will watch that trailer I'm again. I'm very excited for it. I will watch the trailer again. Yeah. Uh, we might get Robin to watch that just because... Uh, Aaron Burr's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> she will not. Um, oh, by the way, I, and I, forgive me if I misremembered this. Robin uh, suggested that she might want to watch Renfield, and I thought I remember you saying that it is incredibly violent. It is, but it's goofy, over the top violence. Because she has a line, uh, and I told her, I said, "This might cross it." I'm not sure, but it's she's done with so much over the top humor; it's almost secondary. Yeah, uh, she. 
So it would be even more over the top than like your Happy Death Days and stuff. Yeah, there's a good amount of bloodletting in this film, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, but she might be able to take, because again, it's played for so much humor. Yeah. It's very over the top. Yeah. Um, the second one was, uh, and this is actually to do with the movie, but it's the old person thing. During the first uh, Florence Pugh scene. <laughs> little old lady with the perfume who I had to move out of my seat uh, as soon as because uh, that scene happens like now they're they're going at it and she's naked and the old lady just goes oh yep. I, I now have a term for it because it comes so out of the wood it's unexpected it's the oh it's Florence pubies <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't I knew she was in the film yeah I didn't I've never seen anything. I guess she's done another movie where she's nude in quite a bit. I have not seen it. So for her, for me, it's oh, it's the woman from Midsummer. It's yeah. the fucking from, woman from Black Widow. She's it's woman from Little Women. I f- did not expect, and it's and it's like it's not a quick boob shot. No, she is sitting she's, there. She's naked for the quite a while. Where, I guess in the Middle East they have digitally painted <clears throat> a black dress over her. Yes, I saw that. Um, because yeah, she is just th- there, and is there for a while. <laughs> Yep. Like, it's to that point where you're like, I'm a little bit uncomfortable her boobs have been out for this long. <laughs> Am I a prude? Yeah. Again, and I've seen, again, I'm a horror movie film, I've seen lots of boob- boobies. But these are just there, and there's like uncomfortable scenes while they're out. <laughs> and oh, she's going to read from the Bhaktivita. While the, definitely g- gives the I Am Become Death, the Destroyer of Worlds, a whole new viewpoint. <laughs> um... It's yeah, she she fucking owns that movie with her with her sexuality while she is in it. Yeah. Like you're going to you'll probably hear a lot that oh, it was an unnecessary nude scene. No, it was not cuz that no. ex, that expressed her power as a character. Yeah. Very well. Um she she's she's very much like the Heath Ledger character, like she's not the Joker, but every time she's on screen, you're fucking glued to her. Yeah. And not just because she's naked all the time. She is not naked. Like, in every, she is not naked in every scene. Although the scene where he's getting grilled in the yeah, and and it cuts to her fucking him, and, and I'm just like, holy shit! I, the only thing I could think during that was like, this must have been a motherfucker to shoot. Because mm. like, there's there's poor Emily Blunt just sitting there trying to be stone faced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While Florence Pugh fucks <laughs> Killian Anderson just while staring. At this is just another day at work. But again... It, it, <laughs> While well, everyone on the other side has to pretend that nothing's happening. Yep. But again, though, it really puts across the point of that scene very yeah. well. Um, and again, Emily Blunt's fucking awesome yeah. in this film. Uh, the scene with her and Jason Clark. Oh, that scene's amazing, too. I wish, it, I wish it had been longer. Yeah. In a three-hour movie, I wish I, I wish that I could have handled another half an hour of that movie. Easily. I wish that scene had been another. I wish that scene had gone like yeah. to the point where you're like, "Holy shit, this is yeah. this has gone on for those too of long. you who have not seen the film." Again, sorry, spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, they make a bomb. One one of the big things about Oppen, but it's the thing that's not where it ends. Right. I, I love I, that. Like the build well, up is like he's going to build the bomb. It's not even and the main story. A hour left in the film. Yeah. And I know a lot of the complaints I've heard about that film is after he builds the bomb, it feels like a letdown. It's like, but that's not the point of the film. Everybody knows Oppenheimer made the bomb and it worked. 
Yeah. It's in every fucking history book. Even if you don't know Oppenheimer's name, you know we dropped atomic bombs on fucking Japan to end World War II. Right. This is about him dealing with the aftermath of that and what's it like being the person who created the weapon that we can use to destroy ourselves and how heavy does that weigh on you. And, again, Killian Anderson was perfect for the... Anderson. Uh, that is not his name. Uh, uh, Killian Murphy. Yes. Um, you, it, you combined him, him Jillian with Gillian Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> I also watched that movie. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. It's all about... And it's foreshadowed very well in the film when they talk when they talk about you know they love you and, uh, while they need you and then when they don't they discard you and that is fucking American policy in a nutshell for centuries. <laughs> and it's yeah the scene we're talking about is him getting it's not even like a Senate hearing it's just him getting his security clearance taken away something that for it's most people secu- wouldn't even think about it's a security clearance denial appeal yeah but for him it means everything yeah. Because, again, he was a fucking rock star in this country for a few years, and then they went out of their way to basically brand him a communist. And it's, it's all based on a personal ben, ben, uh, vendetta from Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Um, and in this scene... Who really just turns out to be a paranoid... Dick. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he's a McCarthyite. Yeah, because par- yeah, I love that he's like, I know that he was bad-mouthing me to Einstein. Einstein, yeah. And like, you didn't even come up. Which, yeah. That they, makes it even, that makes yes. you feel even smaller. Yes. They that, didn't even think about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, they wouldn't. These guys no. have larger things to think about than you, but I get it. You're <laughs> important. You're leading a institute. You think you're the most important guy in the world at but this institute, you feel- but you're not even, you're like third banana Everywhere because they have fucking Einstein and Oppenheimer on staff. You know? Well, yeah, I mean he has a, a, a he knows he is intellectually inferior and he has an inferiority complex over that. Yeah, uh, so he yeah. yeah, so he been he tries to fuck over <clears throat> Oppenheimer and Oppenheimer has got has had to take so much of it for this meeting. And Emily Blunt's like, you need to fucking fight. So then when she gets a chance to talk, it's it is a brutal takedown. Of the whole system, and Jason Clark was awesome as like the attorney brought in to basically prosecute. Yeah, without without it being a thing where there's a prosecutor. Uh, speaking of Jason Clark and and others, the other thing this movie has is the cast is almost overwhelming. Yeah, the cast of known because every you're constantly seeing someone a new character brought in. And it's an actor or yeah. actress that Casey you know. Casey Affleck is in this for like five minutes and at most. You, I feel like I spent... Uh, I was thinking about this on the way home. That's what I do like about the theater is driving home after because it's 40 minutes. Yeah, you can think about it. And it's it's all you think about. Yeah. Like Andrea uh, and I went out... We, had, we went to dinner at five, but we had like two hours in between, which we talked about it. Then we talked about it at dinner. Yeah. And she's like, I want to see it again tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm the fucking same way. I would go if I if yeah. I if I knew it'd be just as great of an experience. And again, I'll wait till it comes out on 4K and buy it then and watch then. Or if we happen to be near an IMAX and it's still playing, because they negotiated it can be the only movie playing at IMAX for three weeks. Oh wow! There is no other movie playing at IMAX because uh, the the Mission Impossible film got fucked out of that. Because people, it, that's one of the reasons it lost so much money is it got kicked out. It, uh, was, it had such a sharp drop because it got kicked out of the IMAX films. 
And Dan Merle actually has a good breakdown of it. And, like, maybe maybe Cruz's hubris got a little bit of the best of him because they should not have gone up against this. Yeah. They could have come out in the in September or August and probably done much, much better. Yeah. Because uh, uh, it didn't have time to get legs because Mission Impossible has never been a film that opens huge. It opens middle and then stays middle for a while. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, it went up against Barbenheimer there. And those are, it's going to be a fucking juggernaut for a few weeks. Like, they, Barbie has already crossed $200 million. Yep. Oppenheimer <clears throat> already crossed the $100 million mark. They, it took five days for, for them for both of that. It's going to stay that strong for a while. So other films that didn't do well are done. Sorry, you're done. The thing I that I uh, wanted to get back to that you mentioned a bit ago. How is this? How is this a blockbuster? Isn't that, it weird? But that's the thing. No one can do this. He's the only director I know that does this. Because if you think about it, Inception made like a billion fucking dollars. It shouldn't. It had a bunch of stars in it. It was also 2005. Yeah. 2010, I mean. Yeah, but it, it made like $500 million. For a film that's two and a half hours long about people who go into your dreams and implant ideas. I think it's way more, it's way more accessible than Oppenheimer. Oh, yeah. But Interstellar, another one that went and made huge money. And it's a three-hour-long film about yeah. fucking black holes. But again... Uh, Tenant, if Tenant hadn't tried to open during the pandemic, probably would have also done very large numbers. Well, that's kind of my my thing, is that Interstellar and Inception, I can, I can talk myself into why, but uh, without even considering... It, it's just different now, mm-hmm. post-pandemic. Um and it had even even kind of pre-pandemic. It, we got to a point with like the Marvel stuff where the only blockbusters were your franchises, yeah, uh, superhero movies and Fast and the Furious movies and stuff like that. And those have all struggled of late. Yeah, so like Fast like, and the Furious is already out of theaters. How is this? How is Oppenheimer? Yeah. a. I mean, it's the sort of thing that you and I are going to go yeah. to. Uh, but a three-hour-long film about the creation of the nuclear weapon and how it destroys the man who created it is not something that screams to me, this is going to end up making $500 million. Right. <laughs> Especially if it's three hours long. Right. It's opening in July. <laughs> like, you're not you're not taking the family to this. No. You know? No, kids aren't going to see this. <clears throat> and again, it's not... If you try, This is not a four-quadrant film. Like, you no. know... But yet, everyone is going to see it. I guess it is more older male-led. But still, that's the only reason it's making $100 million and not $200 million. Yeah. But it's still, it's going to have legs. It's going to continue. And the thing is, Christopher, Christopher Nolan's going to be able to continue to do whatever the fuck he wants. I, I mean, it, it may just end up being attributed to, it's Christopher Nolan, he can do this, and no one else can. But I'd like to think that... Uh, Maybe these production companies will say, "Oh, we—it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. for literally every single possible yeah. human." And that's the thing people were saying. This is the summer where God damn movie- it! When are when are older white males going to get some stuff, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> so true. But like, I, I'm but just like, talking in, been, in like industry people have been screaming. This is the death knell of the cinema this year because all these huge films are not making the money they're supposed to make. Yeah. 
everything has underperformed with the exception of a few things. And people are like, oh, cinema's done. But then Barbie and Oppenheimer open the same week See, now, and drive the, I think it was like the fourth highest weekend, weekend ever. ever. Yeah, And the films it's up against, the other of the top five... Four of two of them have Star Wars films debut that week, and two of them have Avengers: Infinity, yeah. Infinity Saga films open that week. I I said to Robin at the beginning of the week, and I haven't felt this way in a long time. I just said, I think I have to go to the movies a couple times this week yeah. because there's like a lot of shit that I want to see, and yeah. that's that hasn't I haven't felt that way and in a while. Everything uh, I've read about Barbie is Barbie is great. See, now they're learning the wrong lessons from Barbie. <laughs> there's a fucking Uno movie in the works. No, Uno. All of Mattel properties are open for business. Open for business. They, I, they, I saw a list of I think eight properties, mm-hmm. Mattel properties, where if you movies pull, are in. Maybe Lord and Miller can do something good with an Orno, <coughs> no movie, and but like Barbie is a satire. <laughs> what do you it's do? Got, with, yeah, yeah. It's not. It, yeah, Barbie. From what I understand, Barbie is not good because it's a. Like Super Mario Brothers. Mm. Super Mario Brothers is good because it's everything you love about Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Barbie is a great movie, mm-hmm. almost separate from yeah. the product. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I, I think we're learning the wrong lesson from uh, Barbie. If, if we've learned anything this from is, Hollywood, it's, that's what they do. It's kind of like, this is not a Barbie tweet, this is a Greta Gerwig tweet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You mean an X. Oh my God. Has that actually... It's ha- happened. Like, oh my, my Twitter still says Twitter, Okay, but it's it has started to change over. Because on ESPN this morning, are we keeping they, the bird? They were talking about no. It's all going away. Oh my God. He, I, I, I think he, I think he's trying to do this. I feel like he, well, that's what one person said is like he's going to devalue it and then sell it off because the, the name Twitter still means something. He can call this X and then he'll be like, oh hey, do you want the property name Twitter? I can make money from that now if you buy it. Because X is now something different. No, no, it's not. You just. <laughs> It's yeah, but on ESPN this morning there was they were talking about the running back situation. Yeah, and so uh, there was another running back. Quinn is like on X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> and I was awesome. just like, God, that sounds so fucking stupid. Yeah, but that's what it's gonna be. Way to go, Elon. Way to go. Yeah, mine I don't think has switched over yet. That's funny. Um, Oppenheimer. Uh. It's 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 amazing. Okay, so we were talking about how it's it's how is this thing a blockbuster? Uh, to sort of answer that question, how did he take this story and turn it into a blockbuster? Um, he does this thing where he fucks with time again, and this movie. Uh, I couldn't even tell you how many timelines you're going on, but the the span of the movie is probably. 25 years, but yeah. there's a big jump at the end. Yeah. Uh, it goes right from like he, he's like in his 60s or 70s yeah. or whatever when he's getting the medal or mm-hmm. whatnot. But <clears throat> the majority of the movie happens between like 1926 and 1949. Yeah, roughly. Because um, like the hearing, the hearing which is kind of the through line of the whole movie, that's the center line of the movie is 1949. Mm-hmm. Right? I think. Um, that sounds right to me. It's after, well after, it's years after the war. Um, and then, of course, a, a, a good... Teams, 32 <laughs> mind-blowing... Urban. What have I done? Mm. 
I just started Weird. a uh, uh, YouTube video. Um, and then, of course, a big chunk, chunk of it is like 1945 uh, when the actual construction of the bomb yeah. is going on. Um, but never once in the movie does it say that. No. Which is... Takes balls to do, I will say. Yeah. Um, yeah, never once not, was it like, <clears throat> Arizona, like New Mexico Desert, 1941. Right. You know, it never uh, does that. And my, it, it's, it switches around a lot. Even to the point, I mean, look... Michael Bay will put it on every fucking screen if he if he could. Sometimes he needs to. Sometimes <laughs> from one shot to the next, same day, uh, two minutes later. <laughs> uh, what are those called? There's a name for it. Nah, I, I can't remember. But anyway, uh, so not only does he never put the date on screen, he rarely even because usually because that's the hacky way to do it, and uh, the slightly. Well, probably more hacky way to do it is to be like, you know, now that it's 1945, yeah. have the first guy speaking say that. Carrying around, uh, like, newspapers yeah, to say the like, date yeah. on uh, He rarely, if ever, even mentions mm -hmm. the dates. Uh, except when it was necessary for the story. Like, hey, we need it by September. Uh, hint, hint. Um, that takes balls yeah. to do that. And, and jump around as much as he does. Uh, yeah. Because you... You spend time thinking about where have we gone? Mm -hmm. Is this like because also uh, and as you said, the cast of characters is fucking huge, huge and international. Yeah, you're not expected to know right away who that nuclear physicist from Germany is. All right, you know, but he's pretty fucking important. Guess what? He'll show up a couple times. Yeah, you know. Well, that that's where the the, the mental energy that you expend comes from because when you see a face you recognize, you go, "Oh, I have to care about this person." Yeah. Yeah, but, like Kenneth Branagh goes like two hours in between his shots in the film. Yeah, he's Niels Bohr. Yeah, um, but he's a very important film person in the film to Oppenheimer. Yeah, um, so it's it's weird that you're you're constantly playing this mental game with yourself about do I need to care about this character? Do I need to remember this character? Yeah. Should I be taking notes? Oh my god, Rami Malek is here now. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't say anything for most of his character. Yeah, he's just kind of there carrying a clipboard or something for a good portion of it. You know. And like you said, and when Casey Affleck shows up, he's in it I, for a few minutes. I, you, but that was the only one that felt like a cameo. Yeah. Because it starts off from behind him and you just hear his voice. Yeah. And it's a few seconds before you even yeah. see him. That one felt like a cameo. <laughs> but then you're like, oh, but again, perfect casting because you're like, oh yeah, I 100% believe this guy's a complete asshole. Because <laughs> Casey Affleck <laughs> is a complete asshole. Right. Uh, yeah, uh... Just going through the cast, I was reading it to Robin this morning, because it just doesn't stop. Yeah. Killian Murphy, Emily Brunt, Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Benny Safdie. These are all names yeah, you know. Benny Safdie's, you know, uh, in it periodically. I don't recognize Michael Angarno, who was Cerber. No, I don't recognize him. He was also in <clears throat> Almost Famous, so... Uh, Josh Hartnett, Rami Malek, Kenneth Branagh. Ooh, Josh Hartnett, it's tough to recognize at first. Cause it like, is. Hey, great haircut. <laughs> well, Should his hair be all fucked up? Because that's what I remember. Yeah, right it's kind of shitty because like, we didn't see much of him for like 15... You know, we're used to seeing him when he's 25. Like, yeah. guy's 43 years old or whatever, yeah. you know? So give him a break. He looks he looks like a four-year-old. Dude aged well. I'll yeah. Uh, everyone's favorite Green Goblin, Dane DeHaan. Yep. 
Uh, David Crumholtz, who's in all of them. Uh, Han Solo is in it. Matthew Modine is in it. Uh, Gary Oldman also. You you knew that was a. I know. Uh, you knew that was a. Uh, that felt very much like a cameo too. Yeah. So I, I shouldn't. I. Uh, but then Casey. Yeah. Someone was like, so when's he gonna play Stalin? Because yeah. he's now played Truman. <laughs> yeah. He's played Churchill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Darkest Hour is actually four ninety nine this week. I might buy it. Uh, I liked that movie. Uh, Jack Quaid, uh, David Dask Malkian, who's always a slime ball and stuff mm. like this, or the funny guy in Ant Man. Um, James Darcy, Jason mm. Clark. Yeah. Josh a- Josh Peck. But again, Tony Goldwyn. <clears throat> but people want to be in a Nolan film and yeah. they don't care for how long. But it just it, it's it's like almost distracting. Yeah. Like how many there's like thirty people in this movie that I know by name and that's yeah. not normal. No, usually after that's the, not normal. Usually after four people are like, oh it's that guy. I mean maybe. You're ready for it in like Endgame. Yeah. You it's still overwhelming. Yeah. But you also already know all these people. Yeah. Um but most in this, other Oscar bait type films yeah. where you're like Okay, name four people in The Last Emperor. Yeah. How many people do you know from Amadeus? You know. F. Murray Abraham. There you go. That's it. Yeah. You <laughs> I don't even know who played Amadeus. You what know, was his name? You know it. <sighs> See, you don't even um, know. Um, something? Ooh, that sounds right. But he, yeah, again, it's like most big time Oscar Beatty films, you know two to three, maybe four people. And then it's a whole bunch of nobodies. This film, every nobody is somebody, pretty yeah. much. Almost everyone. Um, Matt Damon was, uh, I mean, to, to put a point on this, uh, Matt Damon was supposed to be taking a break and he said, and he told his wife, uh, look, I'm going to take like two years off unless Nolan calls. Yeah. And like a week later, <laughs> yeah. Nolan called. Like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> and it's a much bigger part than like his interstellar role. Yeah. 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 So I can't blame him for wanting to take this. He's in the he's in a vast majority of the film. Interstellar was just the uh Hey, it's Matt Damon. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh we could do something with Matt Damon and stranded in space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be so many fucking Academy Award nominations for this film. Yeah. So and that's the thing, I think we might be looking at a film that sets the record for the most nominations. Well, cause, yeah, because it's going to hit so many... Uh, usually a movie like this, I mean, it's obviously going to get picture and director. Yeah. But usually something like this... It's going to get... You're either you're either going to get acting stuff or you're going to get technical stuff. This is going to get fucking yeah. all of it. Killian Murphy uh, Killian Murphy's going to get a nod. It's yes. just going to happen. Robert Downey Jr., likely to get a nod. Yes. Um... Nobody for lead actress because you know it's a Nolan film, right? Um, but <laughs> we can't we can't be having any, any ladies. I would front. be very surprised if Emily Blunt did not get a nomination, or Florence Pugh. Or Florence Pugh. Um, it's gonna get a screenwriting nod. It's going to. It will get VFX. It will get. It will sa- get editing. It'll, it'll get editing. It'll get sound. It'll oh, the get, sound. It'll, it'll get the sound cin- is a shoe in. It'll get cinematography because yeah. for one, they show the desert. <laughs> yeah, desert gets you a nod almost every time. So yeah. we're looking at, like... It is a gorgeous movie. Yeah. It is uh, a gorgeous movie. Yeah. Uh, we hadn't mentioned that yet. Score will likely get a nod. Yeah. It's, Man, it doesn't stop, does it? And it's we're just, not even... Yeah, we haven't even gotten to, like, the really technical shit yet. Yeah. It's going to get a v- disturbing amount of nominations, I feel. How many categories are there? 22 that we care about? Something like that. 
I mean, we. I have an internet right here. I could have just looked up. I'm just sort of looking at the sheet, and I remember there's usually like four rows of six. <laughs> uh, Oscar. Oscar categories. categories. List. Uh, picture, yeah. picture, yes. Actor, picture, yes. Yeah. Actress, no. no. Best original song, no. Uh, probably not. Probably not. Director, yeah. animated, no. Supporting, uh, supporting, maybe. So I think supporting probably. I mean, one of them. Emily will. Blunt's do. Um, and then supporting actor. Yep. Again, you could also. It'd probably just be Downey, right? Yeah. I'm going through the catalog of fucking 900 people. People have Damon. You never <laughs> know. He, he he's comic relief in this film. He is. And sometimes that gets you. That's well, true. But I, I definitely feel like it'll be Downey. Because people yeah. are already like, yeah, this is the best performance he's fucking yes. done. Yeah. Um, score, score yeah. yes. International, no. Documentary, no. Uh, so really... Damn this for not being in a foreign language. I mean, most of the stuff... How many that it would even be up for have we said no to? Just actress? Actress? <laughs> foreign... And <laughs> but I, let, forget the ones that we that it, it can't possibly yeah. get. Um, actress. What would we take out? What would we say of the ones that it will be eligible for? What will it not get? It won't actress. get actress and song, uh, original song. But even then, it has a song playing over the end credits, and you never know. Yeah, so, I guess. song is weird. song is dumb. Song is fucking weird sometimes. Uh, um, I think the song should have to play during the movie and have... I think the song should have to play during the movie. Best unique and artistic production. What the fuck is that? I have no Best idea. Best story? What? Visual effects, yes. Production design, yup. Um, cinematography, yup. Editing, yep. Costume design, yep. Sound mixing, definitely. Makeup and hairstyling, most definitely. Um, Best original music there are some categories up there that are not normal categories. No, they're not. Art direction, yeah. Uh, where the fuck is it? No. Anyway, uh, there were uh, there are almost none that. Uh, it would be up for that it... Yeah. I can't picture it being... So we're probably talking 12 to yep. 15. And it checks boxes because it's a prestige film. Yep. And it's a popular film. That you might Yeah, have... they're going to they're gonna love... Uh... This goes on to make 350 to f yeah. 500 million. It's a shoe-in for so much shit. <clears throat> people because might, of that. Because people might watch the Oscars. Yeah, it, it's it's. <clears throat> I've had to kind of, especially because like no one's never won. They're right. gonna play up that. Is this the year he wins? Right. You know, Killian Murphy's never won. Is this the year he wins? Robert Downey Jr. Is this the year he wins? There's nobody. Emily Blunt. There's so many people in this that are like feel good stories. Yeah. For this award. Who uh, wrote, who wrote the script? Is it him and his brother? I can't remember if his brother helped write on this one or not. Nope, just him. Just him. That's what you get for being so busy with Westworld. I was going to say, brother's doing other things. Yeah. He, doesn't he have another oh, thing sure. going I, right now? He probably has a couple. I, there was a... 
the hell am I thinking of? There's something he, he's taking over a property. Yeah. That we know. I, I I don't know. Again, I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Um, yeah, I I keep having to. Um, and again, this is a studio picture too. Like yeah. this is a universal picture. They like rewarding big, t- you know, big studios. Because well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. New, uh, you know, like fucking last year, A twenty four swept a whole bunch. Good for them. Yeah. Hollywood didn't get to see a whole lot of money from that. Right. This year, I, they're going to be like, this is the year, especially if this is the film that this and Barbie are quote unquote the films that saved the studio system. Yeah. Especially during a strike. Yeah. You know, we're, we're even assuming the Oscars happen right now because the Oscars are written and they can't be written right. if there's a writer's strike. Right. Watch that be the fucking story. The year that he would have won. Yeah. There's a fu- that there were He's no the Montreal Expos. <laughs> I mean, I suppose you could still give out the awards. Yeah. Uh, you just wouldn't have a show. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, yeah, I... I it, this kind of goes along with how is a blockbuster thing. I keep like thinking of it as this monumental film mm-hmm. uh, in every way, and then every once in a while, I'm like, and it's about a scientist. Yeah. How? Yeah. And then and I it, like think. And, and, and I like not think even back one to of the, the biggest famous ones. I mean, I mean, at the time, at the time yes. he was. Yeah, but it's not like he's Einstein. Right. You no, know, he's not. Right. He is not pop culture. No one. He was the most famous person in the world for that time yeah. period. But like, if you ask people on the yeah. street, some of us nerds knew him. But sure. Yeah. But the average person on the street does not know who J. Robert Oppenheimer is. No, and they maybe do now. Maybe now, but didn't. Yeah. Um. But it also wouldn't be something that sounded totally foreign. They'd be like, Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. 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 That sounds familiar. But if you had asked me to name anything about his life other <sighs> than his him no. creating the bomb, I would have been like. Uh, I had no idea his security clearance was taken. I had no idea he had like a no. communist witch hunt on him. Right. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I could have not told you anything beyond the uh, maybe middle school history mm-hmm. uh, blurb that you would have gotten. Um, I don't even know if we got that in middle school. Nah, who knows? Um, I just mostly know most of it because there's a book called Fallout that's a graphic novel that was written like twenty something years ago that I read. Oh yeah, that was really good. Because um, it was also written by a nuclear scientist, Jim Ottaviani. Nice. I, I, I. It's it's amazing. I, I'm 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 amazed by it. Yeah. Like that. That it, it, it's that it is this. It's usually you don't feel this way about a movie unless it is something like Endgame, like a big. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but people are, are like you said. This is not an action. It's movie. already sold out. For like two weeks in advance. Weird. For IMAX films. It's going to continue to make a lot of money. Um, and it's getting talked about. It didn't even make the most this weekend. No. Like Barbie right. owned it. Barbie, Barbie Yeah, Barbie crushed it. But Barbie does have a much bigger But here's the uh, thing. I was watching Merle, Dan Merle was talking about how like usually if there's a hundred million plus film, the second best film, the highest pr- prior to this had been like... Um, I can't remember which. It was one of the Rock Kevin Hart combinations. Oh, it yeah. came out the same week as Finding Dory, which made like it Central Intelligence or yeah. something, and that made thirty-five. And oh, it was yeah. like, ooh, that was a perfect counter-programming film. Yeah, this made eighty million. Yeah, and again, three-hour-long film, so it got at least one less show exactly. per theater. Right. 
you know, if you divide this by, you know, per screen average and then add on one more screen, yeah, you know, every day, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> we're, we're talking about $125 million film, most likely, in, instead of this. Yeah, it it had as many things going against it as it could. Yeah. And made $80 million. Yeah, yeah it's, it's lead actor is a guy you know, but you don't, he's not opening a film. He's not Leonardo DiCaprio. My wife is probably a pretty good example of the average movie viewer. She doesn't care as much as we do, obviously. Um, But she watches stuff. Uh, She couldn't have told you what his name is, but she definitely knows him. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It literally, it has, it had everything. Oh, dehumidifier. It is super swampy out here because I've had to keep the dehumidifier in there because I'm drying right now. But it you, must sucks. Have to, you must have to fucking. Oh my god! Do you have, oh, do you, do you have to empty it out? Yeah, I it tubes. Yeah, so I'm I, like, I'm be, I bet you have to empty that out all fucking lot right now. Uh, three times a day. Yeah, it's it's a fairly small reservoir. It's not. I used to have these big ones. I have but, one in my basement that's like this big. And oh yeah, I'm not drying anything in there. And I still, if I emptied it out, is every time it needed, I'd be emptying it out like three times a day. The this one's about the size as of like a kitchen tra- kitchen trash can. About yeah. it's I. I think it's maybe a three-quarter gallon reservoir so um well actually that's not too bad i turned that on i emptied it shit i might have emptied it this morning i don't know it doesn't matter anyway it just usually i, I have the dehumidifier out here with the door open but i need to be so it's, it's like 50 percent in there it is 75 percent humidity out here um so if you open that door and walk in, it'll be it's a much different experience. It's also fucking way hotter in there right now. Um, anyway, Oppenheimer. Yeah, it, it's just it's a movie I thought was great. I think it's I, it'll probably win Best Picture and deservedly so. Uh, I gave it a five. I liked it, and I'm still just baffled yeah. at how it is doing what yeah. it's doing. I like it so much I decided I'm going to go read an 800 page fucking book that it's based on. <laughs> or at least you bought it and read the first. I- I'm going to read. I will read. It's going to take me a fucking while. Yeah. But I'm going to read through it. Because again, it's, it is a very well done book. Just I, You can tell that in the first few chapters. You're like, yeah. this is incredibly well researched. I don't, I want it, I can't wait for the bonus features on the of 4K where he's, because t- he is one of the few directors, too, that does commentary tracks. Yeah. And he's very open about his filmmaking process. I want to hear how he decided what to take out of this. Because, again, 800-page book that took 25 fucking years to write. There's yeah. a lot of information. How did he boil that down to what he felt was necessary? And then... I want to... Yeah, how do you I, tell the story? It's from, it's not also skipping time, it's skipping viewpoints. Yeah, because all the black and white shit is Robert Downey Jr.'s viewpoint. Right. The majority. Oh, we should have pointed that out. With this huge cast of characters, the reason that there's no that there really isn't uh, a lead actress opportunity or really anyone other than Robert Downey uh, for that has a big enough role to be considered for uh, uh, a supporting actor. Is exactly what you're talking about. The majority of the movie is from Oppenheimer's point of view. Uh, so Killian Murphy is on screen for like two and a half hours. Yeah, minimum. Probably. And it's one of the few complaints I have heard about the film that is just screams utter just bullshit, and I need to rage on something. People are like, it's a three hour long film, and they never get the Japanese perspective. Yeah. It's not about them. Lon Harris, uh, who 
I love Lon Harris. He said, oh, if only Japan had their own uh, film industry and uh, film industry and uh, could yeah. have, uh, you know, you want to know stuff from their perspective. There's fucking movies. There's out there. tons of them. He said, fucking, and. If only they were around, and it's been around since Godzilla. Yeah, guess what? Godzilla's about that. That's what he said. He was like, "If only there were like eighty years of Japanese movies that uh, fully explore this very topic in both directly and indirectly." The film is called Oppenheimer. It's about Oppenheimer. Yeah. If it isn't something, I don't need to see fucking Japanese people dying in this film because that's not what this film is about. Right. This film is about what it, the toll it takes on him. Yeah. And what it took to get him there to create this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. The, so, the uh, to your point, the um, it's only in the point of view of two characters, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's either Robert Downey Jr.'s in the room and you or, or Oppenheimer's. Robert Downey Jr.'s point of view for a while. No. It kind of dawns on you where you're just like, oh, well... Oppenheimer's not in the room for this part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Especially once it starts to get towards the end, and it's just him and all the name Einreicher. Well, that's where that's where it started to. Because I was I was spending so much mental energy on other shit. Yeah. That I wasn't uh, paying attention to the switches to black and white. Mm -hmm. Uh, You obviously notice them because the movie is is very colorful otherwise, Mm -hmm. or very bright, I guess, vibrant. Uh, so it is very noticeable when it's because it's not only black and white; it's almost a uh, it's almost a grainy black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you? It's like newsreel footage, almost. Yeah, uh, it, it's not um, crystal clear. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously very. It's, it's no, obviously, but it feels like if you were watching the news yeah. from that time period, this is what it um, looked like. And it's always it's a lot of the black and white scenes are in low light, mm-hmm. um, so they're they're naturally darker whereas the rest of it there's you know a, a lot of the color scenes are in new mexico so there's lots of sky and mm-hmm. uh, and then you get all the little interstitials yeah which are just like again i guess achieved in camera none of that is digital of like atom splitting and all this other shit. oh yeah 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 um and i really want to watch again paying more attention to those yeah because i mean i guess they do mirror a lot with what's going on on screen but it's yeah. not explained yeah. And it's like, I would love to watch that with the commentary. So he's like, okay, well, this is what we're actually looking at is this. And that's why it's important to this scene. Because you get a lot of his fire and chaos in stuff once he starts having his PTSD and his panic attacks. Right. Because um, it's a scene that's talked about over and over again. Is the one that's in like the high school gymnasium after the successful launching. And oh, ha- yeah. And he has to come in and give kind of the raw, raw, raw speech. I only wish we had one for Hitler. That's where, you know? that's the... Uh... And he is fucking losing it. That's where the uh, that's the sound design Oscar clip is right oh, there. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, yeah. If they if they showed sound design on the show, uh, that would be the sound design Oscar clip. Yeah. Yeah, because stuff is distorting the his his uh, his the vo- the focus the focus is going out in the peripherals. Yeah. It's such a and sometimes the 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 cheers are very close to screams, but they never quite get there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was cool. Yeah. Um, and it it's the same uh, kind of the same trick um, that they do with the actual test explosion 
but there it's because of the light traveling a lot faster than sound. I mean, they're they're like how far away? They're, aren't they like a mile away or something? I, know, I uh, love that scene though, where you're just like, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine. Oh, nope, here comes hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it, it's it's. I mean, the explosion happens and it's completely silent. Um, fucking Benny Safdie with all the fucking silver <laughs> on his fucking face. Zinc oxide, is that yeah. what it is? Um, yeah, well, he was thinking ahead. Yeah. And everyone else is like holding up a box. Don't look at it until it lights up the box. Then you can turn around and... I feel like Benny Safdie is perpetually sweaty. Not just in this movie because it's no, in New Mexico. Everything I've seen him in is he's pretty much. sweaty. Yeah, because he's everything. very sweaty in Good Time. Very sweaty in Good Time. Uh, and I haven't even seen Good Time. But I, I assume he's sweaty in oh, it. Oh, he's very sweaty. <laughs> Everybody he's, in that film was sweaty. He sweats. Um, anything else? We got anything else? No. Oh, he is not sweaty in Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Okay. Because he just plays an uptight, upright suburban dad. Oh, they're not sweaty. No. <laughs> Not in the 50s. They're Not rarely sweaties. No, sweaties. again, yeah, if you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, go fucking see it. You yeah. need to see it in a theater. And if you think... it, well, yeah, I if, feel if, like it's going to be in the theater for a while, so you'll have opportunity. Yeah, I think it's going to have legs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel like this will be playing in the theater for I, the next month. I do. I think there, there would be a lot of people uh, who feel the same way I do that didn't go to it yet that are like, I guess I have to go. Yeah. Because what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, just with this movie about a scientist. Let me see. Let me pull up Box Office Mojo just to see what it made yesterday. Oops. What's today? Today is... Yeah, on a Tuesday, it still made $12 million. Yeah. Barbie made 26 But, you know, this it's still chugging right along. What is today? Thursday. Thursday. So we'll know Wednesdays pretty soon. They'll give us the estimates for Wednesday. So later in the afternoon, we're we're getting to second weekend. So what's normal? Seventy percent drop? Uh, sixty to seventy, especially for blockbusters. Yeah, um, seventy is still considered terrible, but usually a sixty percent drop is normal for a blockbuster. So what are we? I'm, I'm guessing we're not. I'm guessing we're not going to see that much of a drop off at all. Because let's see, it made thirty three, twenty six, twenty three, twelve, and twelve. I don't think it'll drop off that much. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Friday and Saturday it was back up in the twenties yeah. at all. Because those are not, those, those aren't hard numbers to hit for a big film. I wonder. I haven't watched Charting with Dan, but um, I did. <laughs> uh, our mission. Imp- this is just me theorizing. Our Mission Impossible's numbers staying relatively flat because. It will, it, or they take. They, 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 they took a tank. They did, because that's a, like I said earlier. That's a film that tends to have legs, and stay. And it again, it, it lost opportunities. I just because I the way I was thinking of it was like if it would do the same thing that I did. If given a choice this week, I went to Oppenheimer, but I would like to go to Mission Impossible. Yeah, but like like as a comparison, uh, Indiana Jones. Fri- I forgot that even came out. <laughs> Opening Friday hit 23, then 18, then 18 for Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. This past week it did 7, 11, and 8. Or the second week. Then this week it did... For the 14, 15, 16, it did 3, 4, and 4. And then it did 1, 2, and 2. 
So it dropped off pretty significantly each time. Yeah. I don't think this is going to do this. But again, it's again, it's grossed 161. Oppenheimer is almost to that. Yeah. Oppenheimer will be at that by Friday. And Indiana Jones has already been out a month, which is crazy to think of. Yeah, I forgot that even happened. But like, yeah, the weekend chart. What even came out this week? The weekend chart, stuff like, like I said, Fast Fast and Furious is a film that's already out of the theaters. Yeah. Um, Transformers will likely be out after this week. Things that were expected to be big time films, Indiana Jones is another one that they were expected to do around a hundred, a couple hundred million, and they're at like one fifty. Mission Impossible is at one twenty five. What's coming in behind? Oppenheimer and Barbie. What's coming? Uh, like what? Uh, like na- like uh, what's the next uh, big this, release? This coming week we have Haunted Mansion. Okay, those are not the same. Uh, and Haunted Mansion. Whoever decided to put that out this week was a fucking idiot. Good job, Disney. Yeah, it's gonna tank. Yeah, people aren't gonna go see that. You sh- the next wide release film is that is the a first, back to school movie. The, fir- the next one is the first. Sl- there are three films coming out in wide release: Haunted Mansion. The first slam dunk, which I don't even know what the fuck that is, and talk to me, which is an A twenty four horror film. Okay. Which even if it's great, will probably still do ten to fifteen million. What's the next? Um, I guess tentpole. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, August second. What is that? It's another animated turtles film. Okay, so that won't be. It looks good, but it's not gonna. It's right. not gonna take money away from Oppenheimer. Right. No. <laughs> um, August 4th, um, all, those are all limited. Meg 2 is a limited release, no kidding. Uh, What's the next Marvel thing? Not until November, I think. But what is it? The, the Marvels. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm on August. Oh, the last voyage, which is a Dracula film, which okay. is fine. That's not going to take a lot of money from it. No, Gran Turismo is going to fucking tank. No one's going to go fucking see Gran Turismo. No. Um, they're trying to make a universe. Oh, of, that movie Strays is finally coming. Of out. Unconnected. Oh yeah. Oh, the August, animated one. August eighteenth, Blue Beetle comes out, which is gonna tank. Yeah, I'd love. Flash to think, is already out of the theater. I'd love to think that will be good. Even if it's great, it's not gonna do a lot of money. Oh no, it won't do any money. Uh, but I, 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 I hope it's good. Yeah, so far I am. Fucking Christ, I'm at the end of August. I'm at August twenty fifth, and. So, really... Like, I, there is nothing in August that is going to knock Barbie and Oppenheimer out of the top positions, I feel. There's so, just nothing. So they, they have a free ride for the entire fucking month. They better have legs, then, or yeah. the theaters or the box are, office is done. Yeah. Yeah, because people are not going to come out... Blue Beetle is not going to be a oh. $200 million film. It's tracking for, like, 30 to 50 Because, I mean, when, when fucking The Flash... Made like 150 and was done, and that's a that was a huge DC film, and it did nothing. Yeah, that means 
They were expecting the, that to fucking save the fucking box office, and they're like, no thank you. One of the big four. Yeah. So, I mean, th- Five. that's probably one of the good things for Dead Reckoning Part 1, is there's nothing that's taken well, that's that kind of what Well, that's kind of what I was getting at, is like, maybe this will just stick in theaters, because there's nothing else coming. Yeah. And once everyone has seen Barbie and Oppenheimer... Yeah, there weren't even that many wide releases in there. Like, maybe one yeah, or two per week. Yeah, so like... And they weren't... I don't... What the fuck is the first slam dunk? I don't know. It's a I, wide release film. I, I'm just wondering if, if if maybe Dead Reckoning will there'll be a lot of people like me who go to it on week three. Yep. Um and just kinda just kinda limps through the rest of the summer yeah. and all make, of a sudden make, making five to ten million every week. Yeah. Maybe by the time it gets to the end of the summer, like, hey, we didn't do so bad. Yeah. Well that's what Elemental's been doing apparently. Yeah. It's still it's, I forgot that came out too. Yeah. Because it was one of the lowest Pixar openings. Period, and I guess it's, but it's still holding strong. So it's still make it's gonna, it's now like the seventh worst domestic. I don't Pixar think Pixar film, and I don't think that that's a movie industry problem. That's a Pixar problem. Pixar is getting very samey. Yeah, like we've fucking seen this movie, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was super charming and and well, fresh about once Disney took them over? <laughs> oh my gosh, it kind of like, ruined the Pixar brand. It's like every movie is just a different version of the same thing. Yeah. Ooh, look, this one has color blobs. Yeah. Which color blobs? Which way are we going to... Uh, dis- how are we going to portray teenage angst in this one? Yeah. Um, and uh, it might sound like uh, old man shaking his fist yeah. at Cloud, but really it's not. I love these movies. I do um, too. And like... Fucking do something different. Mm-hmm. Get a... Get a... Get a... Get a new thing. <laughs> instead of... Let's do it with emotions. Oh, let's do it with elements. Let's do it with... Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck, you guys. Um, anyway, anything else? No. Okay. Uh, so when we come back next, maybe we have, we will have seen the... Dead Reckoning? Hopefully. Yeah. Would, are you, not, are I, you planning on going I would not mind going next week to go yeah. see it. Because that's when I don't have to worry about Andrea going, because she's like, eh, all right. So maybe oh, so you, to, okay. maybe you and I should go see it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cause, well, because uh, Robin said the other day when I said that I, I should go to the movies, uh, I might need to go to the movies a couple times. She said, well, um, see if Dan wants to go. And I said, well, I can't really do that because I want to see two movies, and he's already seen one of them, and I need to see Oppenheimer before I do that. Cause, so I have to go to Oppenheimer. No, so long I'd, story I'd, I'd short. I'm totally be done with Dead Reckoning next week. Long story short, I have to go to Oppenheimer by myself, me and the fucking septuagenarians. Yep. Uh, that I got to enjoy. Well, that's what like, Andrew and I were there. We were. I think there was one couple that was probably ten years younger than us. Yeah. Everyone else. Yeah. And I hate saying that. You know. Oh, they're all old people. Because fuck it, we're almost fifty. Yeah. But they were. We still think of them as old. So How like, are you so much older than me? You know, know what I mean? Like you're when ten I, years older, but you yeah. look like you were alive during Truman. Right. Like, were you alive you, for Oppenheimer? You, yeah. You look and act like. Yeah. My grandmother. <laughs> and she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> she and she was. 96 or something. Yeah. yeah, anyway. Um so yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll plan on that sometime middle of next yeah, week maybe. That works. All right. I almost just x straight out. Bye. Hmm.